Well, I have news for you. And I know I usually don't start podcasts off this way or recording this way, but I will just cut to the chase, I guess. Um, okay, maybe not. Maybe I'll stall a bit today <laughs> to make you listen more. You see here? See what I'm doing here? Okay, but it's, so today we'll talk about, um, see, I'm just stalling here. Um, we'll talk about how I got all the top surgery stuff done at age 17 and I mean, this is pretty recent for me because I just had it a month ago, so I'm officially a month post-op, which is awesome. I'm feeling great, um, except for this little setback uh, that I just learned that I will share with you in a second, um, but I'll let you know how I got the surgery, why I needed the surgery, and how the surgery went, and all the recovery shit and stuff, and more importantly, like how getting a surgery happened during a pandemic. So we will talk about all that, and well, I guess I shouldn't stall anymore. <laughs> so maybe this episode might be in two parts. I don't know. It depends on how long I stall here, you know. Um, I, I will. Uh, I'm just gonna keep talking, and then if I need to break it into two parts, I'll do that. Um, I'll have to like just insert a clip of me cutting myself off, you know. But all right, we're cutting to the chase. And yesterday, I found out that I am positive for the coronavirus. Woohoo! Yeah, no, it's not great. Um, you're probably thinking of why I'm doing this right now and how I'm basically sound okay and basically I I'm fine. <laughs> I'm seriously fine. And I just have a cold and maybe that's why my voice sounds a little bit deeper. It's just because I'm congested, but I'm fine. And it's weird because I mean you you hear people on the news dying every single day because of this, and I've got it now and. I am just doing my normal thing. I just, I'm not going to Starbucks anymore and I am staying home and wearing a mask around my family and that's it. So, but I'm doing okay. My symptoms are basically just, I feel like I have a cold, just my sinuses and stuff are congested. And the worst part about it is, is that I just cannot, I have no sense of taste or smell and um, you, you, you can, you, it's, it's so hard to describe. You can try to imagine it and, but it's this I've, I've learned over this last week of not being able to have those senses is that I can live without smell. Fine. I just, I won't be able to smell the pirates of the Caribbean water at Disney world. You know, that's it. But not being able to taste. Oh my God. I can't deal with it. I'm seriously putting food in my mouth, and I can't tell you what it is. I'm te- I'm dead serious. You can only feel like if the food's hot or cold, and then the texture of it. That's it. And it's so hard to imagine not being able to like the taste the food in your mouth. But it's serious. There's no taste. You could put a liquid in my mouth, and I will not be able to tell you what it is. My parents seriously didn't believe me when I told them I couldn't taste a thing. So they started sticking foods in my mouth that I didn't like, and I had to close my eyes and tell them what it was. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know. And I'm just swallowing all this food that I don't like. And I'm a picky eater. And my, I hate pineapple, okay? I hate it. And I mean, it tastes great, but I can't do textures. And it's, it's just, it's so sweet, sour, whatever the word is for it. And I just, it hurts my teeth and I can't, I can't do it. I, it's, I, I, I can suck on it, sure, but I just can't really chew on it. And my dad just shoves it down my throat. says, here you go. And I chew it and I swallow it. And he goes, 
I thought you didn't like pineapple. Like that was pineapple? I had no clue. I mean, realizing the texture now, yeah. But I couldn't taste a thing. And I, I, and that's why a lot of people do lose weight during this too. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Because um, why eat if you can't taste anything? Like, my parents have been buying me ice cream and stuff to make me feel better. And, and I'm like, why do I even bother? You just got me this expensive cupcake. I can't even taste it. <laughs> why, why should I eat it? You know? But I'm doing okay. Don't worry about me. Everybody's worried about me. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just doing what I've been normally doing. I just, uh, I am being more cautious and staying away from people because I don't want to get anybody sick. And um, so we'll just move on from that because, well, there's not much to talk about and I'm fine. So, you know, I, why live through a pandemic <laughs> if you don't get it? But I mean, I mean, you don't want like the older people and young kids to get it because they can die from it. But my age, it's fine. I mean, it's never fine. I, I should stop talking. Okay, we'll just get onto the topic at hand, right? You know. But I should probably have my notes out. I'll do that. But um, all right. While well, I'm pulling up the notes here, um, so top surgery. So a lot of people, you know, when an offensive kind of question that people ask trans people is like, "Oh, have you gotten the surgery?" And well, what do you mean by the surgery? There's tons of different surgeries that you can do. Literally, it's well, I mean, it's like any type of plastic surgery that you can do. And um, and we can we'll talk about the problems with healthcare and stuff with my surgery now. But um, let's see, I'm scrolling up my notes here. Okay, okay. Um. I didn't really write any notes. See, I'm I'm supposed to write the notes beforehand, but I, whoops, we'll just keep talking. Cause I mean, I can pause this and re-edit it, but you know, okay. So we'll just I'll jump into my part of it, and then we'll jump into myths and stuff like that. I guess. So, or I mean, I should probably address the question. So, I mean, yeah, when people ask, "Have you gotten the surgery?" most most of the time, they talk about the bottom surgery stuff because that's more gender-like. Like, when you think of a male, you think of a dick. And when you think of a girl, you think of a vagina, you know. And so that that's what people often mean. But there's tons of different surgeries you can get. And I still haven't had that bottom surgery yet. And that's, of course, everybody's transition's different. So you don't have to get that or not. And you definitely don't have to get top surgery if you don't want it. And I'll explain why I did need it. So... I'll just start. So the hormones really helped with the gender dysphoria stuff. It helped dramatically. And I think that's great. So if you're like a parent listening to this and your kid just came out, let them do, let them start hormones do, um, that'll be great for their self-confidence. And if it is really the path that they do want to take, you can stop taking the hormones. And of course, Surgery is permanent, so people are more hesitant about that, and a lot of people ask me, why did you get it at so young, and that's probably questions for my parents, too, is why did you let him have it at 17, like, that's so young, like, what if he changes his mind, and that's definitely a thought that my parents have kept asking me, and um, we'll address that, but where was I going with that? I'm so lost. 
And there's so much in my head right now. And okay, but I don't even. I literally cannot remember. Am I gonna have to pause this and listen? I really don't want to. I'm trying to think here. I don't know. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm just okay. I like. I can't remember. I'm just talking here. Um. So. Oh, right. Why I wanted the surgery. <laughs> okay. No, I didn't want the surgery. You don't want the surgery. Nobody wants the surgery. Well, I mean, you always want the surgery. It's a need. It was a need for me. And so the hormones did great work for me mentally. Hormones was better for me mentally. So it wasn't so much the changes, you know, it's more of just the, the mental effect, knowing that you're taking this hormone and you're feeling more of what you've always wanted to feel. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you see what you want to see, you know, but there's the part of me that always just, I never liked my chest. And I mean, if you're a cis male listening to this and you had boobs, you probably would only like it for the first day, you know, <laughs> if you're attracted to women, but, um, I, I hated it. And it just got in the way of so many things and wearing the binder was a pain in the ass. And, I can explain that in the future, but wearing a binder just hurts like hell. And there's so many things that I ha have not done that I want to do because of wearing the binder. And that's like sports and stuff. And if you listen to the episodes before this, please listen to those uh, so you know everything about me and can understand how I talk here. Sports is my life. It literally is, and it still is. And it just makes me so upset that having all this mental stuff had to hold me back from my dreams. Sports is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And taking a four year break just has ruined it all. And I'd love to get back into it, but I'm now four years behind. So, um, and of course now with the surgery done, I was wanting to do sports this summer, but now there's not many leagues open because of the COVID, the, the Corona, you know, the virus. So maybe next year. And maybe in college, but college, you know, it's so competitive and I don't think I would make a team there, but so, and then marching band, wearing a binder during marching band is hell. Oh my God. It's so hot outside and you have to, I play trumpet and you have to hold the trumpet and your arms have to be par parallel to the ground and having to hold that for hours is, is terrible. And that already hurts your back. But then wearing a binder on top of that is even even worse. And I had I couldn't do stuff after school some days because my chest hurt too much and I needed to go home and take a break. And it definitely ruined a lot. And that's why I'm so looking forward to senior year. And I mean, because I I could I can do stuff forever. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to wear that thing anymore. And um, it's 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 freeing, and I am so much more comfortable with myself now. But I think it that was one of the main reasons why I wanted the surgery and but it was more of the fact that I couldn't I was not comfortable in myself and I definitely wasn't comfortable in physical situations with a partner or even with myself and looking down and not seeing what I wanted to really just made me upset and uh it's so hard to hide it you know and uh when girls look at you it just it's not normal and I look a little weird and it's it, I didn't like it, and I knew that if I didn't have the surgery soon, I, I was going to have 
much more mental problems than I already had um, with the dysphoria from my chest and I'm better than ever now so I mean the surgery was definitely worth it so but so I wanted to have the surgery before I started hormones but the hormones really kicked it in saying yeah you this is a need for you and uh, we needed it done fast and the problem, the big issue why I didn't get it done last year, I mean, I could have gotten it done last year, and my parents were kind of on board with that, um, was more of the healthcare stuff. And I mean, most healthcare stuff does not healthcare, healthcare, does not cover gender assigning or re, what is it? Gender, I don't know, gender changing, gender gender for I don't even know what the damn word is I don't know but having that gender surgery with the gender parts of your body so most healthcare will think that it's cosmetic and cosmetic healthcare doesn't really cover for that so we had to prove to the healthcare that my the surgery is not a cosmetic surgery it's for my mental health and it's not a tr- I mean, it's a choice, but it's not a want for me. It's a need for me. And if I don't have this surgery, I will have future mental problems. So that's what you have to prove to the... Oh, I just clicked something. I hope they didn't do anything. Um, whoops, just trying to get dust out of the keyboard. <laughs> um, so most healthcare's view it as cosmetic. So what we had to do is we had to wait until the new year of this year to get to get buy me another insurance which was from a private claim from Blue Cross Blue Shield um, that did have the surgery under their um, insurance policy. So you do have to find um, insurance that works for the surgery because you definitely don't want to pay for it out of pocket. I think it total costed like $70,000, $80,000. You don't want to pay for that. Don't. Don't. No. Get the get the insurance and so what we did was we bought me the insurance the private insurance for this year and now I don't need that insurance anymore so we're getting rid of it so we only had that insurance for one year and then you keep your normal health insurance you know um and it, maybe the insurance is like $5000 for the year but imagine $5000 compared to 80000 you'd rather pay the 5000 and i mean the surgery you probably, i would think we paid 5000 out of pocket so it's much better than paying the uh, the full cost at the end of it all. So having the health care helps a lot. And it's unfortunate that most healthcare companies can't see this surgery as a mental thing instead of cosmetic. Because it's not cosmetic and I'm not here just to get a boob job. So... It's obviously cosmetic for the ladies who want a boob job, and they can do that, and they if they can pay for it, let them do it, you know? But for me, it wasn't, and I did not want to pay that. So this was a mental thing, and you have to prove that to that doc, to your health, to your health insurance. So um, what we did was we got, like, a letter done, like, another letter from a therapist saying that this is a need for me, and I went in. And this year we, um, I think it was in March, February, February that I met my surgeon for the first time and 
she was Dr. Jordan. I can't remember her first name. Uh, from Northwestern Medicine in Chicago, downtown Chicago. So if you want her information, I can give it to you. She's awesome. Um, oh yeah, I was supposed to do a survey. I have to do that. See, I'm just remembering things. I gotta write myself a note. Um, so I met her for the first time, and you just go over how the procedure works and how the recovery is like, and then, um. They take pictures, which is really, it's tough. It's tough to stand there in front of an attractive nurse and standing there with your bare chest out. And I can barely stand in front of a mirror with my bare chest out just with myself in the bathroom, you know? I can't. I just, I would break down and have an anxiety attack. And having to, and I, I've never been able to take my shirt off with other people. And I mean, you get it. I can't even do it with myself. And showering was a it was a hell. It was hell. And having to just stand there while a person's taking pictures of you, God, just a ma- it's terrible. And but I knew I had it to be done, so I just like closed my eyes and just took deep breaths and it was over and it was fine. But I mean it was much better the second time getting pictures because I didn't have them there and uh, I was much more reassuring and then seeing the comparison pictures were awesome. But you, you, so here's the thing. You think you heard about how I got the hormones and stuff. So you think that the surgery stuff would be much harder to get. No, no, it's much harder to get the hormones. And you had to do many doctor's appointments and stuff to make sure you were ready for the hormones. And this, I, I met the surgeon. She's like, great. Um, talk to my assistant up front and we can schedule the surgery in about three months and I'll see you then. We're like, wait, wait, wait. We're not going to see you again until I see you in the operating room. She goes, yep, bye. <laughs> that, that was it. That's seriously it. And um, of course, the part that we needed to make sure was after we sent the pictures into the health insurance was to make sure that they viewed this as a, I don't, I can't remember the health word for it, but that I needed this and it wasn't cosmetic surgery. And that took about two weeks and they're like, great, it's all on board. So then we scheduled the surgery for June 18th and that was all fine and that we scheduled this stuff all before the pandemic started happening and so we kept waiting like we're like oh god please don't cancel it please don't cancel it you know and luckily it was all good and um I'm looking at the time here and I don't know if I should start the actual surgery day I think we're gonna do a part two guys we're gonna go with a part two here um okay but Oh, what I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah, I wrote these notes before I did the <laughs> surgery. Well, I'm after the surgery now. So um, definitely the health insurance is the actual problem. And it's tough and it's time consuming and you, it's it's definitely difficult. And you definitely have to find the right health insurance that works for you and find the right surgeon. And it's okay to meet more than one surgeon. Uh, I mean, you do have to pay to meet them, so it's up to you if you want to find the best of the best, and I, I think I did, and uh, it was awesome, and I mean, it looks great now, and you could see pictures on my Instagram at Wait Your Trans Podcast. Uh, I just posted a one-month uh, picture there, so you see the compare, you can see the comparison of what it looked like a few days after to then what it looks like now, and the scars are definitely less black, and the nipples are, they used to be, the nipples used to be pitch black. I'm dead serious. 
and now they it's all skin and it's it looks beautiful so you can see those pictures online next week we will talk about um the procedure and what it was like getting a surgery during a pandemic because it is scary it looked like the apocalypse was going to happen so if you have any questions about it please let me know uh People have been reaching me out to me on email and on Instagram, and it's been great, and I can answer your questions for you on there uh, and or on the podcast, whatever you want. So we will talk about that stuff next week. Hell yeah. But so if you have any questions, let me know. And I hope everybody's staying safe and doing good, unlike me. I mean, okay, I'm fine. I mean, I could have been safer, of course, but um, I, I... I've been wearing a mask and been safe as I safe as I could have. So, just as long as you're safe, I'm fine, you know. And if you like this podcast, share it, share it with people, you know. Um, let them hear my story and my embarrassing stories of coming out in an Olive Garden. <laughs> you know, I commented that on somebody's TikTok and it already has like 500 likes. <laughs> you know, that's a great way to promote my podcast, right there. You know, so I'm trying to promote this. I'm got about 500 listeners it's been awesome and i thank each and every one of you and i'd love to get more and i'm not trying to make money from this in any way that's not what i want that's i'm trying to educate you that's my goal and if i can do that i'm happy not the money i I, i'm thinking about writing a book and that will be for money (laughs) because i mean i'll sell them and um i'm thinking about doing that and if you like that let me know a lot of people have told me they want blogs and i'll be happy to do that so if you have any opinions for me, please let me know, and uh, I'll, I'll we'll talk about the rest of the surgery next week. So this is, I think, a shorter bit of an episode. So, well, all right, I guess I'll just end it then. Have a great day, and please stay safe. See you next week. Bye.